Hello, rock stars. I'm your host, Carrie Price. Welcome to the High Vibe Mama podcast. I am so thrilled to be discussing all things health, wellness, lifestyle, motherhood, and more. Ready to get vibed? Welcome everyone back to the High Vibe Mama podcast. Uh, It's Carrie here and I actually have an amazing guest on with me and it's Ali and I don't want to say your last name wrong. So can you say it for us? Yeah, it's Ali Duzette. Duzette. Very cool last name too. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And so I kind of got connected with Ali because it seems like we have mutual friends and then uh, one of my other friends was like, you have to have Allie on your podcast. She would be such a great guest. And I was like, yes, I'm going to have Allie on my podcast because what we've kind of been talking about for the last couple of weeks is um, we've been diving into emotional health, specifically with grief and trauma. Um, I just had a guest on talking about tapping. Um, and, you know, I know that you are kind of a master in this area. <laughs> Um, and so kind of, I guess I just want to say like, who are you? What do you do? Kind of give us the star show of Allie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll tell my story in like a very, very short nutshell. Cause you know, it could go on forever, but, um, geez, I mean, I, I have, a really, uh, I have a religious background. I, I grew up very religious and I still consider myself to be very religious. And I got my degree in the soil sciences, like soil chemistry. And so I had this background in the hard sciences um, and I was a caregiver for my brother who was dying. Um, he was older than me. I was a primary care for him from my eighth birthday until he died when I was 25. Wow. And um, towards the end of his life, he he went through some majorly severe health challenges, even more so than before, which his, his life expectancy was six months and wow. he lived to be 27 years. So wow. he, what was he his, always was on the brink of death. What was his diagnosis? Was he just um, born with disabilities or? Yeah, it was called an <clears throat> undiagnosed chronic degenerative inborn error of metabolism. So what that basically means is um, nobody knows what it was. Uh, It made him worse every day. He kept getting worse over time. And um, it was, uh, you know, it was an inborn error of metabolism. His body, his individual cells could not use and create and like excrete energy and the waste products of making energy. Like he just couldn't do the process of using cells very well, but they couldn't figure out exactly what. So he couldn't walk, couldn't talk. He had a G tube diapers, like all of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was rough. So I feel like I love what you do working with grief. I, I mean, I know you probably have listeners that are caregivers and I know so truly how, I mean, it's just, it's a roller coaster that never ends. I mean, like yeah. until it does end. And then you, and then, then you get to deal with even more of the roller coaster with the whole grief roller coaster, but you kind of grieve the whole time. I mean, for me, I felt like I grieved, you know, for a lot, for a lot of that, but um, while he was still alive, but while he was, 
um, really we were thinking at death's door, which took, you know, a couple of years on hospice before he actually passed. Yeah. Um, we hired a massage therapist to come and help him with, with his hurt leg. And she wouldn't massage him. She would just hover her hands over him and he would go to sleep, which was miraculous because his, his condition meant that he could not sleep as part of it. And so to see him go to sleep, it, was, it felt like a miracle. And I said, you have to teach me how to do this. And as she taught me how to do this, I, um, I don't know, I suddenly kind of like surprised developed this ability to actually kind of see emotions with my like eyes. And it felt crazy. And I thought, oh no, I have no background for this. Like I have the science background and this religion background. And I don't think you're supposed to be able to see people's feelings. Wow. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I figured it out and now, um, you know, now that's kind of my job. And so I run my website, alliedusetteclasses.com, where I have this huge library of by donation. Not all of them are by donation, but most of them are by donation sessions where I've used that ability to um, see where people are storing their emotions and how and why in their physical bodies. And then I kind of walk people through the process of letting them go on their own time. You know, so you can just go in at two in the morning when you're in such despair and kind of start the process of um, letting things go, you know. And so it, it is group work, so it can't replace like one on one stuff in every instance, you know. But I feel like it's such a great option for people that, you know, need something and don't know what to do. And like maybe they don't have a bajillion dollars to spend, but like if they have ten dollars, then they can like go and get the something helpful done, you know? Oh, I love that. So, um, would you consider kind of what you work, what you do on the energy medicine side of medicine or what would, what would you kind of call what you do? Um, maybe for listeners yeah, to kind of understand. Yeah, I would say this is energy medicine. Yeah, okay. it is energy medicine. Um, a hundred percent. I call it intuitive healing. Okay. Um, I, I feel like there's not really good verbiage for what <laughs> this is called right now. Like people don't know what to call it. It is quantum physics. Like to me, it is science. You know, when I, when this all happened to me, I dug myself into the science of it until the science made sense. And this is a, a way to heal your emotions and your body on a physical and emotional level. Um, using the principles of quantum physics, we're working with atoms and electrons and breaking molecular bonds. All, all emotions are chemical. And so whenever you have that big release, like you go to therapy, you're like meeting with, um, you know, your amazing practitioner and you have that release and you start to cry, you know, your body reacts. It's because these chemicals of your emotions are actually breaking apart and they're making their way out of your body, you know, so that you're, there's like chemical reactions taking place. It's very, very exciting, but yeah, I would consider it energy medicine, but it is really real stuff. It is scientific in my opinion. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. I love that you speak about that because that's really what vibe and thrive is about. It's about the physical body and the emotional body. And a lot of people like to think that they're separate and treat them separately, but they actually work cohesively together. Correct. So maybe you can expand on that because I'm pretty sure you have different verbiage than I do. I call it vibe and thrive because thrive is our physical body and vibe is the emotional body. And that's kind of how I understand it in my mind. So maybe kind of take us through that about how the physical and emotional body are connected and why. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever read the book, um, Why Woo Woo Works, 
but it's a really great book and I'll put it in the show notes. But a lot of people, it's hard for them to wrap themselves around maybe energy medicine, emotional work, because um, it's not really in the oleopathic system, right? The art oleopathic medicine doesn't really teach this stuff, but it actually, I feel like is a really missing piece when it comes to health and really vibing in your health and thriving. Because if we just focus on the physical body, there's only so much that we can heal, you know? So maybe kind of take us through that. Like how is the emotional and physical body connected? And just give us the alleyism of that. <laughs> I love it. I haven't read that book, but it sounds very good. Um, I'll have to go check it out. Um, yeah. So I... So in yogic philosophy, okay, in yogic philosophy, kundalini yoga philosophy, they say that there are 10 bodies, you know, and, um, you know, your, and your physical body is one of them. And then you have all these other bodies, right? Um, mm -hmm. For me, I, I work with um, the paradigm that you have your physical body and then kind of like your energy body that lines up like ideally your energy body like your spiritual elbow will be lined up with your physical body elbow right and your your spiritual kidney your energetic kidney is like taking up the same space as your regular kidney like they ought they they um take up the same space yes. um, and it's just kind of a different way of looking at at them you know but they are deeply connected except you know when your physical body dies i i mean for me i i do think that you're you know, your energy continues, your spiritual kidney survives, even when your, your body one is dead. Right. <laughs> but it all comes down to um, electrons. Like if we're going to get into the science of it, what we're dealing with is what Einstein called spooky action at a distance, which is the concept that electrons can exist in multiple places at the same time. So this is how energy work can work and emotional healing work can work. And like, I work remotely, you know, when people work with me, um, you know, historically I've only worked over email and they just say, Hey, I want a session. And I just tune in and kind of see what's going on because I can look at their electron signature, all of the electrons in their physical and energy body. I'm saying, can I take a look at this? And because they can exist at the same time in two different places, um, we can pull up that matrix and use another thing called the observer effect or the law of witnesses in a religious context um, to kind of shift that. And what the observer effect and the law of witnesses is all about in quantum physics is this idea that whatever somebody witnesses, the act of witnessing it changes the outcome. And um, so so some of the examples of scientific studies that they've done showing that this is a thing is they'll have like a random number generator, which obviously generates numbers randomly. So it's going to be half odd and half even. But then they'll say, hey, you know, hey, you, um, would you rather have more evens or more odds? And then the, the test subject can just pick. And then the random number generator will actually, you know, create more random numbers if they decided even or decided odd. Wow. And um, that's just one example. Is that it's, kind of it's like. It's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the question is too. So I, I know for me going through my grief journey and healing trauma, once I started to be more a little bit in tune 
and I know maybe you probably see these too, but like angel numbers, I started to learn about angel numbers and then I started to see them more often and I was like, wow, I wonder if it's because I'm tuned in now where before I wasn't tuned in for me to be able to recognize those numbers or see them. And so maybe could you expand on that about angel numbers? Because I know for me, I, I see them everywhere now. And now even a lot of things in my program, I make an angel number just because I feel so much energy and vibration and goodness towards that. And I don't think it's weird. It's actually, I feel like strengthened my testimony and also strengthened, um, I don't know, I guess my awareness of my emotions and my awareness of even God being mindful of me, you know, seeing these different angel numbers. So do you want to kind of expand on that a little bit? Yes, I love that. Yeah. So, um, so for anybody that doesn't know what angel numbers are, that would be like, um, looking at the clock at 1111 or 111 or 222 or 333 or 444, 555. All yeah. of those are like angel numbers or 1234, 1234. That's an angel number <laughs> or really any number that resonates with you. Like I have a friend who was born on June 17th and she always looks at the clock at 617. Um, cool. I and love so that. whenever these these uh, numbers show up that have apparent significance and you see them over and over. Um, that, I mean, to me is this sign that, yeah, the divine is watching us and is looking out for us. And it's also a sign that our own minds are primed to be using that observer effect. It's creating this, um, how do you put it? Like a reinforcing cycle of like, yes, the divine is taking care of me in this moment. And I'm looking for evidence of that. Oh, I see 444. What a great thing. That reminds me that the divine must be taking care of me right now. Oh, the divine must be taking care of me right now. How will, will I see an evidence of that? Oh, it's 11, 11. There's another evidence, you know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I, um, I feel like it's helped me open up to receiving more. Cause I know like me in grief, or trauma, or just big emotions, sometimes you feel like you can't receive anymore because so much has been taken from you, or you feel very closed off that you cannot receive anymore. So I feel like it's opened me up for more receiving. And even in ways of like, I've asked for specific things like, can I see a feather soon um, to help me know, you know, that my ancestors are watching out for me. And then I'll see a feather like two hours later. And I feel like that's not a coincidence, you know, because coincidences are taking the power away, like from God and also the power away from like your intuition and your um, vibration. And so I feel like it's kind of opened me up to a lot more of receiving of having this knowledge of the emotional body along with the physical body. And I don't know if you know a lot about me, but I'm a, a, a physical fitness instructor and, you know, people see me like lifting weights and I'm all just like, I have this different energy in me, obviously in my fitness classes, but then over here, then I'm like, you know, oh, I need my crystals and, and my oils and I'm meditating and I see angel numbers. And a lot of people think that that's, you know, would say, quote unquote, that's kind of woo or kind of weird. And so, I don't know, I guess I kind of want to debunk that because I want people to kind of, I feel like if we're treating them separately, then we're not really treating the whole body, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
I mean, I think as soon as people start understanding the principles of quantum physics, all of this stuff makes so much more sense. I just was talking to some guy yesterday about um, crystal healing, which I'm like not a big crystal healer or something. Like I have a lot of crystals, but I just like them, you know? Yeah, I just me like too. I just like them. collecting them. And then when I hold them, I'm like, ooh, this kind of has really awesome rad energy. Like when I hold it, I just feel like, oh, this is so cool, you know? But I'm not like, I don't put them out in the sun or bury them or like, you know, I know lots of my friends like do stuff like that and it's totally fine. And hold on one second. I need to plug in my computer. It's going to die. Can you plug this in for us? <laughs> um, I just got to plug it in really quick. I thought that I had more juice on my computer, but I guess I didn't. So anyway, yeah, let's keep going. You were talking about how he was talking about crystals and then keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just explaining to him um, that the reason why crystal healing can work is um, it just comes back down to that vibration, that, at that atomic vibration and that crystals, what makes them crystals is their crystalline structure. That's what makes a crystal a crystal. And what makes a crystalline structure a crystalline structure is its order. And the fact that everything is in an orderly structure allows the atoms and molecules of it to vibrate in a different way. And so that's why that is powerful. Like essential oils are very, very high vibrationally. Like the actual atoms are vibrating at a higher frequency than other atoms. And so when we put a crystal on our body, when we put an oil on our body, when we're smelling it, you know, when we're sitting in that room with our fancy rocks, um, but also when we're doing this kind of healing work and working with our emotions, um, what's happening is when, when we're touching these high vibration stones and oils, our own cells in our own bodies are trying, they try to match it. They try to raise up their own vibration and that ends up, um, I mean, it, it triggers a healing process. And so that's why it's so exciting and why, why it works, even though it sounds maybe like stupid or something, of course, with, with essential oils, they, they also are imbued with the healing properties of the plants that they came from beyond the vibrational aspect or like in addition to. Well, right. And since your um, body's trying to match it we automatically have a physical healing happening and an emotional healing happening I feel like and then even with crystals the way that I explain them to people is if plants have healing properties and are elements of the earth of course God would make rocks that are elements of the earth have healing properties I mean that makes sense, total sense to me like of course you would make so elements. much sense to me too yeah of course you would make elements of the earth have these healing properties that just makes sense so it's not woo woo or it's not weird it's just I feel like our society has come so far from our natural state or looking maybe at things that really do heal that now since we're kind of backtracking some people are like yeah, that's weird because it's almost like a foreign language now <laughs> instead of like being our first language. Like we've used probably elements of the earth, oils. I mean, we can look into Hippocrates used oils. The Egyptians used them. Um, and I'm sure with the work that you do, we can look back and see the emotional work, you know, being done um, with. I know a lot of my friends do like emotion code or you know, Reiki or, or things like that, you know? Um, so 
I think is the this beautiful thing. <laughs> so I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about all the woo-woo stuff, you know. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so fun. Yeah, so um I wanted I have some questions here I want to ask you like and so you're saying that you took care of your brother and would you say that that was kind of your own healing journey or have you kind of do you have your own experience and your own healing journey or mostly is it just been because of your brother you've been able to use this gift to help heal others yeah so with my brother I mean geez those last five years of his life were a nightmare for me to be honest I mean every day was so hard he um, he had previously been kind of able to stumble around, like he could kind of like hobble to and fro a little bit. Um, and he was walking at his daycare and the daycare dropped him and it broke his hip in like a very horrific way. And he oh went and got a hip replacement and the doctors overdosed him on morphine and sent him into a 24 hour seizure. And when he came out of that, he um, ended up with a Charlie horse in his hamstring that was so intense that it actually bent his femur um, and it never let go for the next five years. So during the, so before that, his first 22 years of life, he was a really happy guy. He couldn't talk, couldn't walk, had this horrible life. You know, he could, he could a little bit walk, but um, not after that moment. And, and after that surgery, he, he pretty much never smiled again. He just cried and he would just whimper. And cause he couldn't sleep. He would do it around the clock, which was oh my so horrific. <laughs> That's hard. And so I felt like during that time, like I had a huge grieving process during that time every day. I, I, you know, I mean, there's so much depth of emotion there. It was so hard and horrible for, for everybody involved because my parents were involved. I had just gotten married. My husband did not know what he was getting into. I was like, if you marry me, you just, you have to know that we're going to be taking care of my brother until he dies. And then it was five years of this. And um, that's huge. Anyway. And I don't know. Yeah. If, well, and I don't even think my listeners know this, but this just brought something up for me is that so my husband, um, his oldest brother had severe disabilities and it sounds like he was a lot like your brother. Um, he could walk, but with a walker, he was blind, deaf. Um, he, um, a lot, his skull didn't, um, quite fuse together, but in the long run, it ended up being blessings because he would have seizures and his brain would swell. And, um, a lot of his bone structure was really different. So he was born with severe, severe disabilities and, you know, same kind of with your brother is they told him that he wouldn't live past, you know, a year old and he ended up living till he's 29. But a lot of it was because of his own mother learning about homeopathics, learning about oils, learning about this energy medicine. She would take him in. And I remember her telling me about this story. And it's funny. My mother-in-law is the one who kind of opened my mind I say I always just love her so much because she's the one who kind of opened my mind up to this natural healing world. You know, I remember I had a headache and I'd always take Tylenol and she's like, oh no, let me do this. And she kind of put this thing over me and it made a circle. And then she's like, oh, you need this, this. And it like worked. And I was like, wow, that was different, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, she goes, oh yeah, I used to do this with my son all the time. And it's, she used the, her energy I guess, to read his energy to help him heal and live the good life that he did, a long life. And 
she would take him to this energy practitioner and sometimes she would say he would tell me that his organs were completely flipped the wrong direction and then this practitioner would help them through what you're saying kind of physics and quantumness to flip the right directions and he'd automatically start feeling better and uh sleeping better and you know and so you know hearing all this I remember when I first heard this I'm like sounds nutty like (laughs) but I think when you open up your mind to it and then when it was almost like he was a walking testimony I mean I never got to meet him but seeing how he lived for so long and when he wasn't supposed to live that long seeing how all of these modalities really helped him in his life live the life that he did and so anyway I kind of got off on a tangent but it reminded me of that story and I'm gonna have my husband listen to this because he will be so happy because, you know, he was one of his brother's caregivers for a while. And I know it was, it was really difficult because they had all these younger brothers and, you know, taking care of someone with severe disabilities. And, you know, his mom now, um, well, she was, became a severe disability teacher because she loved, wow. you know, these people so much. They have these special gifts and, she's now retired, but, you know, just learning about all the, you know, they're kind of like walking miracles. I should say they make you really believe in miracles. And I'm pretty sure you can attest to that too. Right. Um, Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. Miracles. When every day they're saying, how are you alive? And they just keep plugging on and doing it. It's true. It's a miracle. Yeah. And there are miracles, right. And we, we can believe in these miracles. Um, So I guess one of my questions is what are some of the challenges you've seen like working with people that have kind of experienced emotional hardship and what are maybe, you know, some tools or things that people are listening um, that maybe you can give some advice on with your expertise? Yeah. So I work with a really enormous range of struggles and, um, I mean, geez, the, the, the fascinating thing here is that people suffer in so many ways and also they all suffer in the same ways, which is so funny. And like, that's, that's how I was able to make my big library because, you know, everybody's hopeless for the, for different reasons, but everybody deals with hopelessness, you know, and, and hardship. Um, everyone has hardship, you know, it's true. Hardship, disappointment, resentment struggling to forgive, feeling judged by other people. Like these are such universal concepts that everyone deals with for different reasons and in different ways. Um, Even but we grief. all still deal with it. Even yeah, I've, I've it's noticed so true. people grieve different ways or a different, you know, there, there's so many different levels of it. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've seen that in myself and in others. And so, yes. Yes. Well, and I think with grief, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously there's like some really obvious and terrible things that people need to grieve. Things like, um, you know, death of a loved one, things like abuse, um, loss of innocence in childhood, but people grieve a lot of things. Like I, people, people need to grieve, you know, when they thought that they were going to have this kind of marriage and they still love their spouse, but it's a different kind of marriage than they thought. And they need to grieve that and 
and move through it. Like there's, or, you know, they thought that their, their child was going to have this kind of life experience and now they're having a different one than they anticipated. And like, maybe they didn't lose their child, you know, to death or something, but it's still just not what they had wanted. And so they have right. to, or loss of, like, or loss of a job or job employment career. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and we can say too, I think I said this on my other podcast, I think collectively as a world, we've had this universal feeling of grief because so much has changed. And because yeah, of this I mean, universal, in the past two years, yeah, yeah, because of this universal feeling of grief, that's made the energy kind of shift, I feel. And so more people need not only physical things to help them thrive, but emotional because our world is so different now. And um, my husband's a chiropractor. And so he was saying how when babies come in to see him or even people come in to see him, what he sees now, he's never seen the nervous system so stressed in these last two years. When he's, when he does, he's like, it is unbelievable how stressed out these babies are, how stressed out these kids are, how stressed out people are because of these last two years. And he sees it. I mean, we have scientific evidence of the stress that has come about with this. And so I guess that's one of my questions is, um, you know, what advice, I guess, would you give to moms listening um, that have experienced like hardship, trauma, or just they're really struggling right now? Because let's just be honest, this is a hard time to be alive. It's kind of a weird time to be alive, you know? We've got to follow. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> it's both hard and super weird. You're right. Yeah. So, um, um, what are some advice or some of your, I guess, um, healing work that you do that you could maybe give some tangible ways that moms can help themselves? Yeah. So, so I do have my my big library at alleydoesatclasses dot com. I'll but, put that in the show notes. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks. So the, but one of my favorite techniques is called scribbling. Yes, it is what you think it is. Like scribbling with a crayon. That is my favorite thing. I wrote a book about it. It's called The Scribbling Solution. And, um, and I have a page on it, alleydoesat.com slash scribbling, and that has the full instructions on it. But um, it's a kinesthetic transmutation of energy. That is what is what we're actually doing. But to do scribbling, what you do is you choose something that you want out of your body. What do you want out of your body? Do you want some grief out of your body? Do you want some stress, some irritation, some irritability out of your body? You decide what, you, what it is that you want to get out and you write it on the top of a piece of paper. And then you just take a crayon or a pencil or a pen or whatever you've got, a marker, and you imagine all of the feelings associated with that coming into this kind of blob in your heart and then down through your arm and into the, the writing utensil that you're using. And then you just scribble it out and just let your body go to town and get the feeling out on the paper. And you just keep on going until your hand naturally makes a zero shape that is sideways. So a sideways zero, when your body naturally does that, then you know that it's done. And people report like they do this and they feel like, oh, that emotion is gone now. Wow. So before, but, but really quick, I just want to mention, don't do something too big. People say, oh, I tried to scribble out my childhood abuse. And now I don't think it worked. And that was crazy. And it took me two hours. Well, 
uh, exactly. Don't pick something too big. If you do pick something big, what you do is you go in your mind, <clears throat> gather all of that big feelings up and you smash it with a hammer into dust. And then you imagine it in like little 10 minute packets. And you're just going to do 10 minutes of the grief over the loss of my spouse. And then you scribble that for 10 minutes until you make the circle. And then tomorrow you can do the next 10 minutes, you know, but um, you can, it, what, what's happening is you're actually taking these emotions, the physical chemicals of the emotions of that grief, that irritability, that anger, that sorrow, and you're actually breaking them apart, burning them up, just like you burn fat, you know, like you're, you're using your body to get out this emotion. And I know you, you do work in physical fitness as well. Yeah. And that's, I've One talked my, about that so much, like. Our emotions need to be moved up and out and exercise can create this, um, create this, um, momentum of moving them up and out. And I especially love to dance where it's like, you get to put your bodies in these angles. It's kind of like writing your story or writing this portrait mm -hmm. and it creates this beautiful thing that can help be moving up and out. And so many scientists now are coming out with movement therapy. Um, I think we talked about this on my other podcast too, is that they're finding now that, and I love that you talked about the kinesthetic using your body because what they're finding is not very many people are getting results with just talking about it or journaling. There actually has to be like action and like the body has to be used in this moving up and out of the emotions. So I love that you talked about yes. that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, I love that. I feel like the most important thing. So here, but here's a question I get. People ask me, you know, well, I exercise, I go running, I do these different things. So how can I still have trauma if all of that stuff breaks apart trauma? And to me, the answer is it's intention. It goes back to that observer yes. effect, that law of witnesses. It comes back to agency. Are we using our choices, our ability to choose to say, I'm going to run today, but on my run, I want to physically burn the chemicals of the irritation that I feel towards my coworker today, you know, and just setting that intention, just choosing in your mind, like the energy I, I spend today doing the dishes, I'm going to do the dishes. And as I do that, every movement that I do is going to be contributing to releasing the toxic energy that I feel towards my annoying, like neighbor, you know, we choose we make, we make that choice and then we go and do that physical movement and that can break apart the molecular bonds of the toxic chemicals that are making us feel emotionally gross and even physically gross. Oh my gosh. Ah, oh, that's amazing, Allie. I love that so much because I've done that before too. Like I've taken my dumbbell and, you know, I've been like, I'm angry about what this happened to me, you know what I mean? And like specifically this one thing, like I'm so angry about it, but I'm going to work it out in those dumbbells. Like those dumbbells get like all of my anger now, you know? And it's been amazing on how you feel afterwards, like this sense of freedom. And so I love that you said that intention is everything. And that's what I teach in my classes too, that I teach online and in person is that I always say there's no expectation but there is intention. And if you can be really intentional about your body movement, and if you can be intentional about where you're focusing your mind, and I think that's what was for me too, is I always worked out and I always, you know, I exercised, but I never did it intentionally. I never was 
more specific about it. And now I am. And now it's helped me so much more emotionally. And it's been all connected. So I love that you, I never thought about it like that. So I'm, I'm just so happy that you said that because I could never put it beautifully like that. So I absolutely love that. So you said scribbling. Is there anything, Um, I mean, I know a lot of people know we talked in my last podcast about like tapping and meditation. We talked about breath work. Um, is there anything else that you want to kind of share? Um, or are we just going to be like, Hey, go to her library. She has so many free stuff. You can donate. Um, you want to share here? Yeah, I'll share one more thing, which is the power of story. And I'm sure that you work with this too. The power of both rewriting your old story. And I love to have people like write their their hard story that they've been through and then rewrite it from a new perspective. You know, like for me, writing the tragedy and trauma of my brother's suffering and my suffering, having to constantly witness his suffering and serve him through his suffering. Mm -hmm. And then you twist it and you say, well, actually, how how is this story better? Like, can I write the story of our healing process instead? And just physically writing it like you would write a chapter of a book, like you just write it with your hand on a piece of paper. That's awesome. one way. The second way is um, one thing that I have found weirdly powerful is to go back and rewrite it where I write the story of like, my brother was born totally healed. Like he was born typical wow. and he had this beautiful life, you know, and write out this story of the story of the beauty of it. Like what if, what if the terrible thing had never happened and writing this new story and you can kind of tap that in and just say, you know, I've written this new story and I know that it didn't happen and I'm not replacing that pain or anything, but mm -hmm. I am, I'm giving my body a new story to tell itself. Can we, can we acknowledge the reality and also, you know, maybe enjoy the beauty of what could have been instead of the horror and regret of what could have been, you know, mm -hmm. shift that perspective. Cause that issue of what could, what could have been, that is the thing that weighs on our hearts with grief, oh, I think. Totally. And so we can to get shift drowned it in what if, like, it's just a vortex. Yeah, you can get drowned just, in it. Exactly. Like, um, we can just drown in that because there's so many what ifs, you know, uh, but what I've come to understand is like, you know, it doesn't matter like the what ifs. It's like, well, now moving forward and we don't have to move. I think a lot of people think we have to move away from grief, like because it's such a bad emotion. And we're just like, no, no, no. I have to move on, move on. It's like, well, no, we get to we get to actually move, move forward with. with it. Yeah, and we can move forward with it and rewrite our stories, reframe them. And I love that you said that because I feel like I've done a lot of that. And it's in your own time, right? I I talked about this on yeah. my last podcast is that, you know, I've had a couple of grief episodes, but I wasn't ready even to talk about those a year ago. I wasn't, you know, but now I'm ready to. And because I'm I'm shifted, my energy shifted now. And um, so I guess I have another question for you is what motivates you now to get up every day and do the healing work like what motivates you and what what can you give moms to like motivate them because I I think I've you know I've said this before it's just I think the sucky part of it all is that you have to do the work like no one can do it for you right no one can do the healing work for you and it's like 
oh man, like no one can work out for me. No one can eat healthy for me. Like we, (laughs) we have to do it, you know, but so what, what motivates you to do this kind of work and to get up and do the healing work, um, and take care of your health? Well, I think as you first start on this journey, seeing some big results or just seeing any results can be a motivation. But for me, I will say, I just am obsessed. Like it's all I think about. (laughs) I think about it in the day. I think about it in the night. I'm driving my car and I'm like, things inside of me are not healed yet. I must address them immediately. And I just, (laughs) I'm a lot more relaxed about it now because now I can just like be and exist and not be constantly thinking about things and worrying about my unhealed trauma, which I used to do. Um, But I don't know, for me, there is just that piece of me that just feels this massive urgency to get myself in a good space so that I can help my kids be in a good space so that I can help other people be in a good space. And um, I mean, geez, I couldn't tell you why it, t- why it feels so, so urgent, except that I think that the world is in an urgent place right now. Like, mm-hmm. like what you were saying with your husband and our totally slammed nervous systems, there's an urgency, even if quote unquote, like nothing is going to happen. Like even if nothing terrible happens ever again, like if we, if everything's great, there's still an urgency because our nervous systems hurt now and it hurts Mm. bad. A lot of people are hurting a lot, both physically and emotionally. And that alone, I mean, what urgency, like, of course we have to address this. We have to, for me, I'm like, I have to get up and we got to reduce some pain today. How am I going to reduce somebody's pain today? Mine, my kids, somebody else's got to get rid of some pain. The world is in too much pain. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Yeah. And I think what kind of motivates me too is because I've had so much, I don't know what I like to call it, but mortality is so fragile. And I've seen that with losing both my parents, losing my twin brother and just things can shift so quickly. So more like our mortality is so fragile. So that's what makes me have the urgency. And also I know that if your physical body feels good, so if we take care of ourselves physically, that when stuff does come up emotionally, it's a lot easier to handle. Like if we are nourishing our bodies, if we're moving our bodies, if we are doing the self-care that we need to be doing like it's just a lot I'm not saying I don't like the word easy because it's not always easy but it's a little bit more manageable like if we actually feel good physically and so that's kind of what makes me have the urgency to be like I because we never know we we there's so much that is in our control but there's so much that we don't have control over right we can't predict birth death and so um, are we ready like physically for that trial, um, you know, or hardship or we have no clue what's coming up, you know, in our lives. So I feel like that's kind of what drives me to, it's like that mortality, um, is so fragile, you know, and yeah. we don't know what's going to happen uncertainty. tomorrow. Yeah. We don't know Just what's going to happen Just be your best tomorrow. every day. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. My other question is, is how how are you, and maybe we already answered this, like, how are you like coping with all what's going on in the world today? Like what's your current take on it? Um, and how do you personally stay like grounded in your emotions (laughs) with kind of the chaos of the world? Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, I feel like the world's crazy. 
my honest feeling is that it's going to get crazier, to be honest. Um, but how I cope with it is I just get to work. You know, here's the thing. A few months ago, I, you know, I, I've always, I always, I have a lot of interests, you know, I have a lot of stuff that I like to do and, and all yeah, this we're kind multidimensional of beings. We all, we like all the things, right? We like all the things. It's true. But I felt like I heard the voice of God tell me, Allie, stop it. You have to focus. You have one job. Your one job is healing. Heal yourself, heal your family, help heal others and get to work. And like, you don't have time. Like, there's just not enough time. So wow. like, well, the, the thing is, there is enough time, but there is only enough time. Does that make sense? We have all yes. the time that we need, but we do not have any time to waste. All the time we need and no time to waste. And so for me, um, you know, I'm not concerned about what's coming. Um, if anything is coming, I mean, like not to, you know, who knows? The, the world's a crazy place. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not worried about it. Um, it doesn't, you know, that doesn't really bother me. The The thing that keeps me going is, um, you know, helping helping myself, helping other people around me get that emotional resilience, clear out that those past emotions, like on a physical body level, so that we aren't distracted by trauma in times where we need a really clear connection with our own hearts and with the divine. Like when crazy things happen, I love that. Emotional to me, the only way to yes. get through it is to be able to listen to your own heart and to listen to the voice of our higher power. And the only way that we can do that is if we have clarity there. And the only way to have clarity there is to clear out the trauma, the backlog of hopelessness and despair and resentment and sorrow. All of that needs to get out of the way so that we can just listen. How can we listen when we're so distracted by the clutter of unhealed trauma in our own hearts? Yes. Oh, wow. I love that so much. And you have a library um, of a lot of these tools that you've talked about, right? Um, so why don't you just kind of give us that information again? Um, I'll make sure you can send it to me. I'll put it in the show notes of how people can get connected with you. And yeah, just start this woo-woo, you guys. Start the healings. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, throw your hands up. Let's start it. Let's go. Let's party. Yeah. yeah. Get the party started. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So my name is Allie Duzette, A-L-L-I-E-D-U-Z-E-T-T. No E on the end of those T's. And um, so I run AllieDuzetteClasses.com. And AllieDuzette.com has a little spot where you can go and go right to AllieDuzetteClasses.com too. And I have this great section of free offerings at the very top. Um, and I always just say, get started there. I have a bunch of classes on how to access your own intuition on the science side of how this actually works, practical applications. So you can practice healing touch on your own body and feeling your own body's energy system. And, um, and you're on YouTube, to right? Recognize. Too? You're on YouTube, right? I'm also on YouTube. Yeah. I, Ali Duzette medical intuitive on YouTube. I'm always posting all the weird stuff, guys. I am a, <laughs> I'm an astrologer as well. So I, um, right now, this is actually, we're having an eclipse today um, as of this recording. I and, saw um, that. And I think yeah. Yeah, that's why there's like some, I don't know. I just felt like some different energy happening today. And so I was like, oh, it has to be yeah. from the eclipse because I'm feeling some different energy today. <laughs> 
It's so true. It's so true. So I, I'm always on YouTube, like sharing everything weird about what's going on in the stars, how it's affecting our physical bodies. And, uh, you know, I try to keep it real and try to keep it fun and try to keep it as sciencey as I can. And I think we have a great time. So that's come awesome. find me. <laughs> yes, I'm, I've watched some of her stuff, you guys, and I've loved it. And it's kind of like geeking out over here because, you know, like I've said, we've talked about you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're, you're such a woo woo fitness instructor. It's like, yeah. So, you know what I mean? I'm happy about that. Yeah. You know, woo woo's cool. <laughs> woo woo's coming back. You know, it is cool and it is coming back. <laughs> yes. So I'm so excited. Wow. You guys, this was such a juicy podcast. Um, Allie, wow. Just thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the healer that you are for the value that you brought, just your light your love. I felt it through the screen. Um, thank you so much for adding just to this podcast. I am so excited for our listeners to tap in. Like this is, this is awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is a joy. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say? Do you have a quote or do you have something just on your heart before we close out this podcast that you want to say to the moms out there? What comes into my mind is that Jeez, you guys are just awesome. And um, when people in your life are trying to get you down, just remember that the only person that's important here is you. You are the important one. And if you are letting other people write your story, when you are the main character of your own story, just stop. Let it go. Other people's judgments don't matter. The only thing that matters is if you're happy and you can kind of control that to some extent and you can choose to say you know what people some people are jerks in this world but I'm gonna choose to be happy I'm gonna let it go I love that yeah let it go awesome cool well thank you so much Allie I really really appreciate it and you guys make sure you tune into this juicy podcast I absolutely loved it and you guys we will see you guys on the next podcast thank you guys so much thanks Allie bye bye Hey, thanks for listening. Sending you all the good vibes. The podcast can be found on most major podcasting platforms. Subscribe, follow me on social platforms, Facebook at highvibelifestyle.co, Instagram at underscore highvibemama, and visit my website, highvibemama.com, and download your free manifesto to launch you into living a high vibrational life. Leave a review, and we'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs>